Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Avalanche Podcast. That's Megan. I'm Rudo. That's AJ. Uh, we're talking. Just seeing his dumb shitty yeah, face on the thumbnail made me dead. I wanted to ask googly mustaches to all of them. Oh my god. Talking and Avalanche eyes, villains. Like those crazy eyes. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry, Rudo. No, you're fine. I, that, I, that's just how today's show is going to be. It's going to be some chaotic angriness because... <laughs> Look, there are a lot of villains in Avalanche history. Uh, we figured it was a good way to kick off a week where we're talking about the greatest all-time abs. You know what? Why not start with their greatest enemies, right? Yeah. Makes sense. And I'm not allowing you to just say the Detroit Red Wings as a whole from you 1996 to about 2008. You're going to have to give me specific names. Yeah. That's <laughs> messed up. <laughs> I, you can't just say the whole team because that's that's not fair. That doesn't count. I won't allow it. It was, though. <laughs> was it? Yes. But which one was the greatest villain? All of them. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm they not, wore, they not wore, allowed to say. They that. wore the winged wheel. They were the devil. <laughs> well, we'll get into it. We'll get into uh, some other guys as well. Obviously, the thumbnail being Todd Bertuzzi. That one probably a little bit different than the rest of the villains in Avalanche history, given that you know, Todd Bertuzzi almost killed a guy. Uh, Probably <laughs> Yeah. That was a rough tenure for Steve Downey. Yeah, yeah, it was It was not great. One of the best Crazy Eyes people of all time, though. I, uh, a guy that played junior with him, stayed in one of my hotels once. And we were talking about it, and he told me some wild steve downey stories and said, he said that that guy lives up to his rep i believe it he gets he gets he gets crazy a little bit so it wasn't just on the ice he just had a chaotic existence fair enough but i look is todd bertuzzi the biggest villain in avalanche history or- yeah i i do think that that's tough because that red wings rivalry is one of the all-time great sports rivalries it is but the todd bertuzzi thing is so personal yeah it's it it transcended sport in such a visceral uh way yeah because it was i mean it was that game was like nine to two yeah it was the game was over it was like nine to two in the third period steve moore had already fought in that game, he'd mm-hmm. already answered the bell, you know, done what he had to do. And Mark Crawford was just pissed going into a, into the third period of a game in which his team was getting absolutely waxed. And he was like, I don't want this guy on the ice anymore. Go do something stupid. 
And Todd Bertuzzi did. Like, he doesn't, Steve Moore's not doing anything. And he's skating down the ice. And Bertuzzi just attacks him from behind and then drives his head into the ice. And at the time, I mean, I think, I think one of the most telling aspects of how gross it was is old school hockey guy Peter McNabb is on the air. Yep. Losing his mind. Yeah. You can hear like the anger in his voice continues to rise as he talks about it. And they watch a couple of replays of it. He's like screaming at Mike Haynes by the end of it. Like it's so bad and so gross. And it ends, it ends a guy's career. Yep. It ends a guy's career. He faces, uh, you know, Oh, the, the biggest suspension in NHL history. They doesn't it, even matter. It's like, like 30 actual games. Yeah. And it, cause it counts the, the lockout it, it counts year, the yeah. lockout year. And he got suspended for the rest of that season. He wasn't allowed to play uh, in the postseason that year. And then he also wasn't allowed to play internationally. That was like the big thing for the NHL is they were like, well, we're locked out, but we're not letting him play. <laughs> and so he wasn't allowed to go and like, or he had to get like permission from the NHL in order to sign with the European team. And they said, no, it yeah. was something, it was something like that. So he, it, and, and it felt like it, it felt like a, a 20 buck crime and a five buck punishment. Yeah. And it really just was not. I, I feel like Avs fans, we never got kind of our pound of flesh out of that. We never, we never got, I mean, the guy, he ended a guy's career. Yep. And not, and not doing something that was hockey related. And so I'm like, I'm trying to keep it cool. But every time I think about it, I lose my shit because it was just, it was very personal. And so it's really hard to be like, well, we have a, an incredible Hockey rivalry between two franchises is very intense. Yep. But this thing with Todd Bertuzzi was so ugly and so bad and so personal. It, they're really hard to like, how do you, how do you juggle those two things? They're so different, but they were both really t- intense. Yeah. I mean, it's, I almost don't even like put Bertuzzi on the same list as all of these other villains because like, <laughs> he's borderline, if not actually committed a crime. He definitely did. <laughs> it's it's hard for me compared to be like, oh, this team, this guy just beat your hockey team. Yeah. It's like, no, he, he might have almost committed murder. It's not the same. It's tough, too, because I'm sure one of the other names in this list is another player that caused an abs player injury. But they still are so different in that one at least resembles a hockey play, though a very notably dirty and illegal play. (laughs) This is why hockey is such a privilege. You are putting so much trust in the hands of these players to play such a dangerous game. And it's interwoven in the way in which the game gets played. But then there is this decision-making, and you're putting the trust then in players to make smart decisions. And he let the intrusive thoughts win and did something... That is actually assault. Because I think within the confines of the game, there are things that definitely appear very assaulty just in the etiquette that is surrounds fighting. Like that is not something that would fly in the real world. There would be legal repercussions if people just decided to fight in the real world. <laughs> and so in hockey, there is sort of this suspension of what reality looks like for the rest of the, the people. And so mm-hmm. hockey players are given this trust then to make better decisions about what they decide to do with this. And Bertuzzi represents someone who 
abuse that in an unforgivable way because there's no going back from that. The way in which hockey can cause such serious bodily harm is why there has to be a bit of trust with the players. And when they breach that trust, you can't ever trust that player again. They have proven decision-making that causes so much harm to someone that they can no longer play hockey. And that is the kind of decisions that we're looking at with all players when they step onto the ice. They could end another player's career game by game, and they have to be careful not to do so while not abandoning all the things that we appreciate about hockey. And Bertuzzi just, it's, you know, to people who feel really sentimental about the game, it is so disrespectful to the sport of hockey to have treated it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think when you put that next to some of the other, you know, the Marty McSorley on Donald Brashear, you know, stuff like that where you're just like, they're not playing hockey. This isn't that's you know, a, we, just a dude trying to attack another guy. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. And that was that was the thing. Like we saw, you know, last year, Jeff Carter flares the elbow and hits Kale McCarr yeah. in the head. And we're talking like, hey, this is super dangerous. This could mess up McCarr's whole life. This also, could ruin his career. This could do all these things. But like relatively speaking compared to what Bertuzzi did it's in the confines of the game like you're like you know they're playing they're playing the game really fast it's a split second thing uh and luckily it ended up being okay for Makar but this trust that you're talking about I mean what Todd Bertuzzi does is is (laughs) there's nothing hockey about it he chases a guy down the ice he punches him in, in the head from behind which there isn't any like world there isn't any like yeah like playground or street fight or, or that's, anything that's cool yeah. or that's considered an okay thing to do. So he suckers a guy from behind. And then as he's going down, he drives his face into the ice. Yep. And it's just like everything about it. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And then, you know, the, I think about the, 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 the tearful press conference after, you know, Oh, I'm sorry to Steve and I'm this and I'm that. And it's like, I don't even care how genuine it was. I don't care if he was actually crying, like real crying. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I I don't care. Like you, you, he should not have been allowed to play in the NHL again. Like he ended another player's career and it wasn't like a damn, that sucks kind of thing. You know, oh man, he wasn't trying to do this. Like, no, he he accomplished exactly what he was going for. Exactly. And, and that was, it's always just not sat well with me that he, was allowed to just continue his career and ended up tied up in lawsuits for years because Steve Moore was like, you just took all of my earnings away. Yep. You know, and, and I, I think that was Steve Moore's rookie year too. So, so like maybe sophomore. I don't know. Don't know what kind of career he would have had. Like he yeah. was still it, young for sure. It did not appear that he was on his way to like a high end NHL career, but it was, but so was still on his way to an NHL yeah. career. Yeah. And it, at the very worst, he's on his way to a lengthy AHL career or a European career where guys are still making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Yep. And then he was on his way to the hospital every day, you know, and the last I heard, he was still having issues like that, that wrecked the course of his life. And Todd Bertuzzi just kept on doing his thing. It's was was allowed to continue on in the NHL. So the more that I'm thinking about this, the more that I'm like, he needs a special list. He goes to a special hockey hell. It's it's as Megan kind of alluded to. Hockey players already have systems in place on how to deal with these things, how to answer a bell. Like someone Mm -hmm. in chat is talking about how it was retaliatory 
Yeah. You already mentioned the fight he had already had in that game. Yeah. He did it. Right. He answered the code. He the, lived up to it. The he systems are in place there for players to deal with each other on that level, if that's how they want to deal with it, being fighting or physical with each other. And the way Todd Bertuzzi did it is like exhibit 1A on how not to do that. Every hockey player will look at that and go, yeah, that's chicken shit, basically. So, and yeah, I really have. A, I, he's on a list of his own. for Boo. sure. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Uh, beyond that, though, <laughs> seeing his dumb face on that thumbnail triggered me so hard. Tomato, man. Tomato. <laughs> I was like, no, I hate that guy. There are plenty of uh, other hockey villains that are less criminal that the Avs have had over the years. Well, I mean, we could start with the other hockey crime that Megan was alluding to, you know, when Matt Cook need Tyson Berry in the postseason. Is that, is that the only other one? I mean, you could talk about Keegan Colasar with Bowen Byram, too. And you then... can. And like, I, so this is, I think, a good line of demarcation because uh, Todd Bertuzzi, nothing to do with hockey. Predatory as can be. He was just big mad. They were getting blown out on home ice and embarrassed, and they decided to do something crazy about it, okay? Yep. The Even the Matt Cook one. It's pretty it's, questionable. It's super yeah. dangerous, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Right, right, right. And he, he knows that he's trying to knee-on-knee a guy. But at least he's like, there's like some semblance of like, there was a puck nearby kind of like, you, you we see knee-on-knees all the time in the game. Now, that was certainly an, an egregious example of one. Um, from a guy who had a reputation as and well. Yeah, from like Matt Cook, whose entire career was defined by him being a scumbag on the ice. Yeah. Like he was just a bad dude that hurt a lot of guys. I mean, the Eric Carlson's yeah. career. Stepping was, on his Achilles. Yeah. yeah the tra- trajectory of his career was forever altered because of what Matt Cook did to him. And so like that's a that's a that was a guy. But the thing that he does to Tyson Berry, you know, Tyson Berry was so important to that avalanche team. Uh, they had very few defensemen that were real NHL players. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you do that in a playoff series and it, like Barry knew he was done. Yep. You could see it on his face as he was going to the bench. He knew he was done. He knew. And Matt Cook and like you look at it and it's like, oh, Matt Cook against suspended for the rest of the series. Who cares? It's worth every time. Oh, no, yeah. there goes Matt Cook. Like it was it was at least within like the scope of hockey. Sure. And then Keegan Colesar is like he's like. Yeah, we all yeah. hate it, but it's it's an NHL hit. Other than being high, it, <laughs> right. was, yeah. it like, resembles hockey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it and it's like you know we see guys every year take that same hit. Yep. And nothing like nothing happens to them like what happened, what like what Byram went through, where it's it's high. None of us like it. None of us are happy about it. He's on the permanent shit list, but also like there is some bad luck there. And with Bertuzzi, there was certainly no yeah, bad luck involved. No, no and with luck Cook, about it. Yeah. With, with the Cook knee on knee, he gets exactly what he wants. Yeah, he, he, fair. He's trying to take him out, and he does. And I, I don't I don't think, you know, for as much as it's like like none of us like Keegan Colasar, I don't think he's trying to give Bowen Byram a concussion. I think he's trying to hit him hard like he did, and I just think it goes awry for him. Um, whereas the other two, that in, the, their intent Pretty clear was to injure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The Matt Cook one was probably one of the first moments that I lived through in real time. Like everything about Morin Bertuzzi was another retroactive thing that I'm taking in well after the fact. Yeah. And the consequences of which are very well known for what became of more. But with Mm. with Tyson Berry, 
it was devastating because I was experiencing that heartbreak in real time. And it just, it also gave rise to the feeling of injustice about the ways in which this type of play is penalized. Like, obviously, Cook gets suspended, but it doesn't affect his pay at all. He's not the same value to his team as Tyson Berry would have been. This happens in Game 3. Who knows what becomes of that series if Berry was available to them through the rest of it. And fortunately, Avs go on to win a cup many, many, many years later <laughs> that it's like, okay, it didn't completely deny them of this opportunity. But these were still sort of a part of the dark years, and it was just really frustrating um yeah. to, to see the ways in which there are consequences but are they you know are they severe enough are they harsh enough is this enough of a deterrent for a player like cook who has a history already evidently it wasn't evidently the discipline in place wasn't enough to deter cook from doing this in an important playoff series to an important player and so that's where maybe some of that the first feelings of frustration were noted for me Thanks. i will say with keegan colasar because he also broke Dennis Gilbert's face, he could be an abs villain. Uh, yeah. I definitely think he's a footnote villain. He's a footnote villain because yeah. he was That's fighting like... Dennis Gilbert. That's, you know, you there's some risks you take there. I love yeah. That's like so disrespectful. He's a footnote villain. He's the filler arc villain that the, the abs are just powering up off yeah, of. Yeah, he's your, he's your act one villain in, in, in a superhero movie. <laughs> I love, I'm about He's it. He's like Mojo Jojo. <laughs> I didn't dislike Mojo Jojo, but it's been a long time since I watched the Powerpuff. Mojo was, Jojo was, was their arch nemesis. Yeah, he was I the best he was villain. That bad. What but was he was the, a fun villain. What were the other villains in that show? There, there was, was like, Princess. Which one is there Princess? Was, well, she was the one that was in yellow that wanted to be a Powerpuff girl, but she, she just had a bunch of money. Beautiful. There was him. Him. Yeah, that was the devil. The devel yeah. that is definitely a cross-dresser. Yeah. Uh, because Sick LGBTQ it, from Powerpuff Girls, great. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of other ones, too. I can't remember. Anyway, getting back on topic. A bunch of footnote villains. <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe he's more like Princess. Okay, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> See, and if we wanted to call him that, people would think we were calling him a girl, and it would be like one of those, like, not great. Yep. And instead, we're just calling him a Powerpuff villain, where it's like... <laughs> yeah, which, you know... <laughs> we're not big enough yet to get clipped out of context, so we're fine. It's still... No, I'm actually really afraid. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, that was it. And that was because Morbucks was like the mayor of the city or something. Yeah. <coughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, the thing is, with someone like Matt Cook, and I've I've long been a proponent of this, and it's harder in the playoffs, but there, I think there needs to be more punishment to the team, not just the player. I just don't know how you walk that line. I, like, I know. You, I'm not saying you, it's easy to do. What do you do for the wild? You know, maybe for the wild, what they do is they fine them like a million dollars. Sure. Like the organization. I, I just because, think, you know, an owner is not going to be thrilled about a guy yeah. being like, hey, this dumb shit that you just did. I have to pay a million dollars now. I just think you have to deter that sentiment that you were talking about because you're right. Every, everyone in Minnesota on the surface, they might be like, well, that's not great, but. Hey, worth it. That's a bad hit, series. but a good trade. Yeah, exactly. And that's it's a tough look. It's a tough yeah. look out there. Uh, anyway, if these conversations make you want to drink the way it makes me want to drink, make sure you're getting Breckenridge Distillery as one of your options 
Uh, they have amazing bourbon whiskey that has won tons and tons of awards that you can go get today from the highest distillery in the country. And right now they have a couple of uh, contests. I guess you could call them contests. How about giveaways? Let's go with that going on right now. Uh, first, they have two different kinds of Broncos whiskey getting made. The Ed McCaffrey versus Alfred Williams. You can go vote on your favorite of the two and win some Broncos swag at BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos. Win two tickets to the Broncos game? Yeah, the Broncos game on New Year's Eve by hashtagging Broncos bourbon. I, I can read. Hashtag Broncos Bourbon on Instagram to potentially win tickets to the New Year's Eve game. Uh, you can post your favorite photos of Broncos there. You can also do it on Facebook with the Broncos Bourbon hashtag. They will narrow it down their favorite pictures on December 1st, and then there'll be a vote where the winner gets to go spend New Year's Eve in a Broncos suite at what's the stadium called now? I don't know. I've always called it Mile High. Empower. It's Empower. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you can go enjoy a great time with some uh, Breckenridge Distillery whiskey at a Broncos game on New Year's Eve. It's the best way to go. Hard to hard to say no to that, right? Uh, again, go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash bourbon of Denver Broncos to vote on whiskeys. You can also tag Broncos Bourbon on Instagram or Facebook with your pictures to enter. Uh, look, they're great. They're available in all 50 states if you want to try Breck Distillery, even if you're not local. So go check them out. Go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com where you can get their award-winning spirits delivered. Also brought to you by folks over at Kind Love. I get it. A lot of people, alcohol is not their thing. Maybe marijuana is. <laughs> That's where Kind Love comes in. Uh, kind Love one of the OG dispensaries here in Colorado. They've been doing it since 2010. You can go in today or go to kindlove.com and use code DNVR to get 25% off your order. So be sure you're doing that, buying any of their flour, their gummies, their turbo joints. I, I'm, you know, I just buy joints. I'm not a complicated, fancy marijuana intaker. I, I, I quite know, a way to say that. Yeah, I, that's, I think it explains how, how often I do stuff like this. AJ, would you rate the gummies higher than the smoking? Which one do you prefer? Um, I mean, I think the gummies is easier, but it takes longer. So, you know, there's so upsides there and downsides. Go. If I'm planning for it, I've got a day, you know, I'm going to make a day of it. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is my drugs day. <laughs> then, <laughs> yes. You know, like, you know, the day where you're like, hey, I'm going to relax. I'm going to smoke gummies, or I'm going to eat gummies, you know. I'm going to, uh, well, I'm not going anywhere because I get, you know, like that's one where I'm like, I get on Instacart and I'm just going to go to the snack section and I'm going to spend $65 on that. And so you're picking Indica all the time. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, Yeah. Although I tell you, I've had a hard time getting to, getting to sleep since I got back. Oh. Um, and uh, last night I used one of the gummies and knocked you out, waited an hour and a half and right nice. out. Good. There you go. Megan. I nah, not a kind love person. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been shocked. <laughs> Me too. I would have been shocked. Uh, go check out Kind Love today. Again, you can go to kindlove.com to see their full menu online and order to get the delivery from there or check out one of their locations in the Denver metro area. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Talking Avalanche villains. All right. And footnote villains. And footnote villains as well, yes. If you had to pick 
one Red Wing. Oh, God. Like, is it is it the class up front in Iserman as, like, the I, equal to Joe Sackick? Is it just the equal. scumbagginess <laughs> from, like, a Darren McCarty? Yeah, I think I think Darren McCarty is probably a good face of that villainy. Okay. Um, because I think the I feel the way about Lidstrom, um, Iserman, and Fedorov the way that Red Wings fans feel about Sackick, Forsberg, and Wah. I would say you that's know, accurate. Like, yeah. I hate them because they were so good, but it's more respect than anything else. Those guys were phenomenal. And yeah. Not really involved in much of the shenaniganery. Yep. You know, um, Brendan Shanahan, F that guy. <laughs> like, he was pretty involved. You know, Adam Foote, that guy, he was pretty involved. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think Darren McCarty, um, obviously the McCarty Lemieux thing, they yeah. has, has been the subject of a lot of media attention over the years. Um, Fight Night at the Joe is like one of the all time memorable nights in uh, league history where a team full of cowards get patted on the back for it. <laughs> um, you know, because they they wouldn't do it in Denver. They had to wait till they were on home ice, um, which is just the I, I just can't I, I, I can't believe people blow that up with how cowardly that entire team was. But it worked for them, And then they won back to back cups and it was really awful to sit through. So, yeah, yeah. I think McCarty is probably the, the face if you had it. to pick one. I think Darren McCarty's as good of any. OK, I, I was curious about that. I also like. I've heard people throw around Franzen's name as like a little bit later into the rivalry. Yeah, so Johan Franzen was just an absolute killer, like right. a Joe Pavelski yeah, level, which like, is where we're gonna get into these yeah. some of these guys. Like, here in this I second. think Johan Franzen came close to tying or setting an NHL record in the uh, what was it, the 2008 sweep of the Avs, where he where, scored like 11 goals. Yeah, or something exactly. Stupid. Yeah, where he just he he just beat the Avs by himself because that team. Like they were so injured and they had a bunch of guys that were out because of the flu. <laughs> um, and they were playing like a shell of that abs team and they just got a free pass to the conference final. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Johan Franzen was just more of like an, just like an abs killer type villain where you're just like, this guy always seems to beat us. And it wasn't much beyond that. I still love that type of villain for the purpose of <laughs> oh, this <yeah>. conversation. Too. <laughs> Definitely. I, I think someone, even in the tweet, that we put out just this afternoon. Someone brought up Franzen's name for that reason. There are some yeah. skill based villains that personality wise may not have done anything wrong. They just were very good opposite the abs. Just have the abs number. I wonder maybe later today, um, I don't know how hard it would be to find, but try and go find like who had the highest like points per game against the abs. I'm sure you could find it. Well, you'd have to, you'd have to sort it very specifically. I and I just it. don't, I don't know how hard that would be, but have also put a filter on it of like yeah, 10 yeah. names, you know? Yeah. The minimum. Guy, like, yeah. yeah. Guys, no, like, guys that it. actually Bruno play find anything. I'll find it. So. Don't worry. Yeah. I got this. Uh, yeah, you're using the mobile version of that site. Good luck. I'll, I'll make it work. Uh, while we're, I'm looking this stuff up. I think everyone will, would say Joe Pavelski is kind of the modern guy of that. How much of these... Well, what's stronger, Joe Pavelski or the Curse of the Exavs? Yeah, good oh, conversation. Wow. That's that's what I want to get into a little bit. And and part of this is how much of it is some of these skill villains in, in Avalanche history, are they actually that good against Colorado or are they just riding reputations of like a big game against the Avs here and there? 
um, largely its reputation okay. because I've gone and like if even if you look at Joe Pavelski, his actual point per game numbers aren't that great against sure. the Avs. It's just like since he got to Dallas, it's turbocharged. It was like he came back in that game seven in the San Jose series. I think scored twice and um, or had two points. And then, assist. yeah. And then uh, and then like since getting to Dallas, it's like they can't play the stars <laughs> without Joel Pavelski going off against him. <laughs> so it's um, it's you know, it's like Pavelski is obviously just and him being as old as he is honestly makes it that much more annoying too because it's just like will you just get old already god damn it so because yeah, there great. was like a multi-goal game in the abs in in 2010 um in the playoffs let me think I had a note here for Pavelski yeah yeah well and the thing is like he does have huge games against Colorado he yeah there are multiple games in the bubble playoff series where he literally just beat them by himself so while I do think there is some level of reputation there, I do also think that these players get that reputation for a reason. Uh, they might not be the absurd levels that people push it to sometimes, but there are a few people that just have the abs number historically, uh, as I am pulling up the all-time highest scores against the abs. I do need to put a filter on it. You can see. Uh, no one will be surprised that the top guy in points per game on this list is Connor McDavid. 30 points in 19 games, 11 goals. Yeah, well, and especially those first couple times he played against the Avs, it was like, yeah, like what on. the hell, man? Uh, with a 10-game minimum, Evgeny Kuznetsov has 20 points in 14 games. Going back in time, Ziggy Palfi had 30 points in 20 games. Jesus uh, Blake Wheeler, 58 points in 41 games against the Avs. Good. Including Lord. 23 goals. Suddenly thrilled that that guy is in the East now. Dreisaitl, Matthews, guys that don't have as many games. Uh, Taylor Hall, 39 points in 31 games against the Avs. This is, of course, all regular season stuff. All right, so the Oilers. Stay away from the yeah. Oilers. I would say that, but they've not <laughs> lost to them much lately. Matt Kachuk, uh, Kevin Hayes, Eric Lindros. Kevin Hayes? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? What's That's so random. 18 and 15 for Kevin Hayes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, of course, an ex-ab there. Eh, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly, especially in St. Louis, it just felt like it was inevitable. Yep. Uh, Mark Shifley, Malkin, Thornton. Sagan actually quite successful against Colorado. Capriza, Panarin with less games. Datsuk, Yager, Saku, Koivu. That's a weird one. Philip Forsberg, Timu Salani. Saku Koivu is a weird one because he wasn't a big, like all these other guys are like superstars or star level players. Yep. And then you have Saku Koivu. Yeah. And then that, that's like most of the people that are at least a point per game. Okay. I mean, so it's a list of, I mean, that's an interesting list. I actually would never have guessed okay. Blake Wheeler. With 50 games, who has okay, the let's, best? Let's because I know that's where Pavelski shines. Yeah, for sure. Let's see the 50 game list. Throw up that longevity. <laughs> He's been doing it since yeah. 2010. Among the old guys. Uh, all right. 50 game minimum. Joe Thornton, 
number one, Timu Solani, Jonathan Taves, Anze Kopitar, Patrick Kane, the Kachuk father. <laughs> the Kachuk family. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Just not even going to name him. Just... Uh, Zach Parise, Nick oh, Lidstrom. Zach Parise did. He did have a time. The Sedin brothers and Pavelski. Okay. I remember the Sedin. Yeah, the Sedins. The Sedins were like the driving force of why the Avs couldn't beat the Canucks had, for like yeah, a decade. I had beef with the Canucks. I hated Ryan Kessler. Oh, who did? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that's a big that's a big club that's... to be in. <laughs> he was not well liked. For goal scorers, for the record, Jerome McGinley, thirty-seven goals against the Avs in ninety-three games. To be fair, then Daniel Sedin with thirty-one, Solani with twenty-nine, Patrick Marlowe with twenty-eight. A lot of sharks. A lot of sharks on this list. Thornton, Marlowe, Pavelski. Oof, Marion Gabrick with 23. That guy was so good. Yep. Marion Gabrick was so good. It's hard to explain now, but like that was a for an entire era of Minnesota Wild hockey. They had nobody mm. that was any good at offense. And then they there was Marion Gabrick scoring 40 by a himself. Year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just he was so good, man. Yeah. Goalies, uh, talking about that Vancouver stint, both Corey Schneider and Roberto Luongo dominated the Avs. Yep. It was so frustrating. The abs having to play Luongo was like my least favorite thing of all time. He he finished with some ridiculous record in his career against the Avalanche. Yeah, it's it, it was extremely annoying. His like goals against average is like is less than two against Colorado. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, villains. Yeah, I I guess I shouldn't be that surprised that like the top scoring villains against the Avs are like just really good hockey yeah. players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Points per game, like Connor McDavid's at the top. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, that tracks. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but I, I wonder if there's anybody in the league that Connor McDavid is not a point per game against. Ooh, that's an that, This is fine. I, I, I'm not looking that up. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'll do it. Up. I'll do it later. Yeah. I'll tweet it out. But like <laughs> now my curiosity has taken hold. <laughs> Because I remember looking at Nathan McKinnon's a year or two ago and just being like, oh, wow. It's pretty good against everybody. Yeah, this guy really destroys the Sabres. It's so weird and random. Like, <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Are skill villains good for a hockey team? Is it a yeah. good thing that there's someone that they can set their <gasps> mind to be going against? Yeah, Brad Marchand's turn... Development from like one of those guys into a really skilled guy that kind of he still exists as a pest but stays away from a lot of the really dirty stuff at this point in his career. Yeah, I think he got it out of his system early on, and stop. they were like, "You need to stop licking people like, anymore." Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. You know, I think I think that's good for the game. That's really good. Like, you need you know Macachuk. Everybody hates Macachuk. Yeah, and he walks that line, but he's also a really high skilled guy. Like, we would all hate him, but the second that that guy showed up on the trade market, it was like, do whatever you have to do. Like, <laughs> you do you do whatever you have to do to get that guy. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't land in St. Louis is always going to be, thank God. <laughs> Anywhere in the Central, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but especially St. Louis, because that was like, they felt in, like, like they had birthright to him. And after watching Paul Stasny leave Denver and go to his home, in St. Louis. Yeah, see? Just look at Megan's face. That that was personal. That did not feel... That was like, no. And so, Makachuk, like, them not getting Makachuk was like, yes. 
But no, I, to answer your question, um, I think it's great for the game to have those kinds of guys. You know, uh, Claude Lemieux might have caught, crossed that line quite a bit in his career. More than a but, few times. <laughs> yeah. And and you want guys that try to try to walk that line, try to rein it in. Look what happened when Nazem Kadri finally did. Yep. You know, we, championship. <laughs> we we got we got to bear witness firsthand to a guy who realized the vast potential that he'd always had and got to see him be the best version of himself. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy who had had all those issues and I say had issues like things happened to him. You know, they were self-inflicted. It was just bad decision making and watching him toe that line. It was it was awesome. It was really and that and they made such a great storyline and why one of one of the other villains that we haven't gotten to is Jordan Bennington. His whole the whole thing with Bennington, you know, it certainly wasn't limited to Kadri, but you know, given given all of the incidents over the years with him and yeah. his own coach even being like, you need to stop. <laughs> but like like Nazem Kadri, Brad Marchand, Makachuk, those kinds of guys make the league better. You need like we always talk about the 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 need in the NHL for guys to have personality. Well, you need good villains. Yeah. You true. need good villains. Without a, without a good villain, like we always talk about Avs rivalries. It's right now. It's kind of like well, it changes every year. Yep. You know, like do you do we really care about Minnesota and St. Louis that much right now? Like not nope. really. Really, we 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 didn't think about Vegas at all for an entire year. Yep. And it's not even like that's a real rivalry because they've met once they've in had the postseason. Yeah, one real. Sure series. hated them during it. Sure hated them immediately after. And then everybody's kind of moved on. So you need a good villain, and the NHL is better. You know, when Battle of Alberta was crazy in those last couple of years before the most recent Calgary downturn, it was fun time. Battle of yeah. Alberta was must-see TV for random hockey fans. Yep. Because you're like, these two teams hate each other. These fan bases are going to fight in the stands. <laughs> like, these people, these people are going to disown members of their family if they root for the other team. Like, sport is better with, with a good villain like that. And... Having the villains be the Chucks and not the Mac Cooks makes the game better. Agreed. I think it's funny to imagine that in a lot of other teams' story, Nathan McKinnon is a villain. <laughs> and I think that it doesn't happen often, but sometimes his emotions do boil over and you get the Connor Garland helmet right. throw. I was going to say Arizona where half of his career fights have happened. It's so it's sort of then when there are moments like there was that face off where he kind of looked like he whacked at the official. The fact that it was in question that, no, he totally did that because he's Nathan McKinnon. Like, yeah, he did that because he was angry. The fact that that was even in question, because I don't believe that wasn't as intentional as it looked either. Like, I think he was angry, genuinely. But the fact that he has created enough narrative around him for that to be a possibility that he got so angry that he took a whack at a ref is a little crazy to me. And I think that he belongs in the villain it's, conversation. He has, but he won the lady pink. That's our lady. <laughs> he is, like, it's like he, the, the duality of McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. Well, he has just enough hot-headedness, I think. Because <laughs> even in Colorado, he has a history of... He's told Jared Benhart to do his job. Like, there's enough fire in Nathan McKinnon. The and then fell off the bench. Yeah, he's <laughs> it. The same fire that drives him to want to win at every single moment of his entire life gets him heated at times. Well, yeah, there's a little egg on his face in the same way that it, that worked for Patrick Waugh with yep. the Statue of Liberty. You know, yeah. he was he was hot dogging. He was showboating. And it arguably cost his team a series. Yep. 
So, you know, like there's there's that there is the double edged sword. There's no guy out there that has that level of competitiveness, that edge to him that gets out of it unscathed. Yeah. There's always going to be a little egg on that guy's face somewhere in his career. So you want to make Nathan McKinnon a villain? Totally. And I, I'm surprised that the state of Arizona allows him inside of it. Like it's no so, dogs allowed. Yeah, exactly. It's so crazy. <laughs> like his the the like wide array. It's not like it's been with one guy. Like yeah, he threw the helmet at Connor Garland, but also he's had multiple fights against different people. Yeah, like that is a that is a weird. There's just this weird <laughs> hatred between McKinnon and just the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> existing. Nathan McKinnon in general or Sam Gerrard being specifically Alex DeBrincat's villain. <laughs> I, I, Alex DeBrincat getting traded out of the West was, he was probably like, thank you, God. This tiny little man in Denver can stop bullying me now. <laughs> I'm surprised that he doesn't get the flu every time that he, his teams do play Colorado. <laughs> Tornade flu, and and now and now he's in Detroit, so it's it's great. Tornade flu. The next time that Sam Gerard bullies him, it'll be twice as good. <laughs> on that note, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I made a little bit of money on college football. The other day, it turns out all you do is bet overs and you win college football. Bets. I was actually so tempted to bet the under in that Navy. Oh, uh, yeah. The Notre Dame, uh, Notre game. Dame game, yeah. because I'm like two teams that just flew to Ireland. It's a terrible field conditions. Like there's no way it's going to be a high scoring game. It's like 40 to nothing at halftime. And I was like, thank God I, I didn't do that. I in the second half, I bet the under for Navy specifically and that hit. So, yeah, count it. I did. I did win money betting on Navy's kicker to miss a field goal because I was watching the game and I was playing something at the yeah. time and I was like, oh, I got to open this up. He's about to miss this. I and he tell. missed it wide. Also, I won a bunch of money on the Rockies last in the last two weeks. <laughs> and then blowing leads. Like yeah, crazy. because I would wait for them to get the lead into a game and then bet for the other team. I would wait for the line to change. Positive money for the other team. Susie, close your ears. Well, that and happened like six times in a it row, did. Right? It happened so... six games in a row, and I just kept winning money. Hey, look, that's a guy who grew up with the Rockies bullpen, all right? He knows what's up. <laughs> Especially this one where they were like, hey, we traded a couple of these guys. Like, we're imploding. We're at the end of the year. Nobody cares. And so, yeah, Rockies, Rockies have been making me quite a bit of money. Yeah, well, there Thanks, you go. Rockies. You can go bet against the Rockies or do whatever you want with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, get over there, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use code DNVR when you sign up to get $200 in bonus bets when you bet just $5 on college football. You can go take that $200 and bet it wherever you want. Use the DNVR code over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus bets expire after seven days. Seven days after insurance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com, draftkings. Well, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call or text 1 800 Gambler. Uh, also brought to you by the folks over at Volo Sports. If watching sports isn't enough for you and you want to play some, Volo is the place for you. They are the largest social sports company in the U.S. Motion sickness looking at us both. You gotta, you gotta be on your toes over here. All right. Uh, we have tons of different folks playing with Volo, including a bunch of us here at DNBR in a kickball league that keeps getting rained out. But that's not our fault. That's the weather's fault. Blame, uh, blame the weather. Uh, you can get into tons of leagues for tons of sports, though. Volleyball, kickball, uh, softball. 
They've got basketball pickup. They've got flag football. All sorts of pickleball league too. I think they're yeah 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 yeah. D line's playing in the pickleball league, right? Really? Yeah. I need to I need to find out when that is. (laughs) That sounds like that would be highly entertaining. Get in on it today and get the Volo Pass, which is a monthly membership that gives unlimited access to all of their sports events and social activities. It's just twenty bucks a month. Or you can get the $200 per year pass if you want to go all the way in. And if you want to try it out, their beta version is just $10 a month for the first three months. (coughs) They're all over the Denver metro area. Lodo, Rhino, Uptown, City Park, Highlands, Sloan's Lake, Cherry Creek, DU, Inglewood, Arvada, Aurora, and more. Uh, And their fall leagues are open now. So sign up before it's too late. Get your Volo Pass. Use the code DNVR10 when you sign up to get $10 off your purchase at www.volosports.com. Denver. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Megan, I want to make Jordan Bennington a footnote villain just because I think it would make him mad to be a footnote villain. Do it. What doesn't make him mad? Does he qualify as a full villain, though? In the villains we've discussed, they had a little bit more impact. Okay, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. He had an impact. Something impacted him for sure. Something impacted. Well, that's. <laughs> you know what? I. Well, we're gonna talk it out right now because the on ice impact, and obviously it sucks that some of that was taken from him in being injured from for that sure. collision, and then that not being something that he can get redemption from. So I can't even say that his on ice impact wasn't huge for St. Louis specifically in that series, just because it was a little bit taken away from him. But the part that enters him in the villain conversation is what throwing the water bottle at Kadri did to a specific area of the fan base. It yeah. galvanized the worst type of people yeah. and brought about obvious bigotry that warranted police response. And that, even though Bennington might not have had that foresight that that was what was going to happen, we talk about responsibility when you're a public figure and you're doing things like that. It does stoke a fire, and you have to take a little bit of responsibility for some of that fallout, and it was really ugly, and he doesn't have to answer for it fully, but I think that's where he earns some of that villain title because one small childish act that he didn't think for a second differently about led to horrible consequences for Kadri and his family that he got redemption for, which I'm grateful to. Not the first incident between those two guys either. Yeah. Because you remember the, the you remember the swing. Yeah, yeah. Bank swinging the That's stick. That's right. In his Nearly like general direction. Him. Yeah. And and I think I think Bennington is a great villain because he's it's like the perfect villain scenario. You hate this guy and you light him up every time you play him. And so it's a it's a wonderful like combination of things to be on this end of where everybody hates Jordan Bennington. But the abs in particular, for whatever reason, have gotten exposed to him way more because he is 19 games played against them in the regular season. By far the most of anybody. Yeah. He is 8, 10, and 1 with a 900 so save percentage. Not particularly good. And 10 penalty minutes. He <laughs> for has, a goalie? He has 39 penalty minutes in his career. And 10 of them have come against the abs. <laughs> okay. And, and like he has... Just because I have the numbers in front of me, really weirdly. Uh, he's given up 19 power play goals against the Avalanche. Wow. Only one other team has double digits, and it's Arizona with 11. 
But anyway, like he has played against the Avs a bunch. It has not gone well for him, yeah. which makes it like fun to be on this side of. Yeah. He wanted to fight Logan O'Connor, and then Georgiev <laughs> came out of his net. Yeah, it was like, let's go. You don't yeah. bring out that reaction, Georgiev, that easily. Yeah, either. it's Jordan Bennington and Tony D'Angelo are the two guys that we know have done it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, is Alexander Georgiev the man of the people? Just really doesn't like racists. <laughs> um, it, Here's the thing with Bennington. There are two things to me that push him over the top as like a that type of villain. One... The wannabe tough guy act. Mm -hmm. He's he is absolutely the guy who acts tough as hell until shit gets real, and then he's immediately there's three dudes in front of him. Someone's holding him back. Yeah, it's we've seen it time and time again. Like this last season when he skates by Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin's never made anybody mad in his entire existence, <laughs> outside of just being like, "You can't score on me, lol." But like <laughs> Ilya Sorokin is totally anonymous personality wise, right? And, like, they're skating by each other at intermission, going into an intermission, and Bennington bumps him, like, gives him a little shove. And, obviously, teammates are starting to go into the tunnels. They come back out, and they're like, rubble, 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 rubble. And, like, that's a Jordan Bennington thing to do. He's totally Darren McCarty punching somebody from behind kind of thing, you yeah. know? Todd Bertuzzi level. Like, like, he's totally that kind of guy that's like, I'm going to pick this situation where... I know I'm not going to have consequences here. I don't have to worry about repercussions. I don't have to. That guy's not going to be able to skate all the way down here. <laughs> no way. And even if he does, the guy that skates the full length of the ice is at an immediate disadvantage in a yeah. fight. So he's always the guy that's working in angle. He's trying to fire his team up. And really, he's just a little bitch. <laughs> like, that's all there is to it. It's it's the fake tough guy routine. And it's it's absolutely exhausting to watch. Yeah. And then he gets scored on a bunch and pulled. And, you know, that part of it is you're like, nah, 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 nah. Uh, and then part two. For me, it's the entitlement. For a dude to get injured, walk all the way across the arena to throw a water bottle at a guy and then say it was a God given opportunity <laughs> to toss a water bottle at a guy in the middle of a press conference. Yeah. It's just mind boggling to me that like, Megan, have you had to go to the St. Louis arena yet? No. Okay. Well, have when you, you had to, yeah, when I, like a, when, when you do, punishment. when you, and someday when it happens, I'm sorry in advance, it's just an old building. It's not kept up. Great. Like it, you can just tell, like they need, they need some, they either need some renovations or they need some new bones. But I know, I know the, how that, I know the, the setup of that rink and the blues, everything is very like closed off. They have their own hallway. They have their own thing. You have to walk through it as media to get to the abs. They're not close. So he had in some way, Bennington had to work his way out of his, he had to go out of his way. In order to have that God-given opportunity. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> come that's, on. Like, I, yeah, when I, when I saw that happen, I was like, he's working for this. <laughs> but also, why? You go out of your way to throw an empty water bottle at a guy? I'm assuming it was empty. I guess I don't know that. But why waste good water? Based on the throw, it had to be empty. I think it was a little <laughs> it, empty. It didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't fly very far. I just, I just loved Kadri's reaction when he's like, 
the guy just throw a water bottle? Yeah, and then, like, like the confusion that sets in, and he's like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, everything about him just weird. Yep. And then, and then you know, <laughs> how the rest of that series go. It does suck that they didn't specifically. Like, they beat like poor Ville Huso, like yep. gets run out of town because of that series. Yeah. And it's interesting. Actually, it was I rewatched Game Six of that series the other day. Um, and you know we remember for the ending and the you know the the they had the JT Comfort had a couple of goals and the one in the third period, and like the, the Darren Helm goal, like we remember it for that. I had completely forgotten that the Avs outshot them like forty to nineteen. Yeah. Like I had completely forgotten, and it was poor, like and, like yeah. Billy Huso is the only reason that that's yeah. not a five two game. Yep, <laughs> and it's interesting that that's the one where they were like, "We're not keeping this guy." In favor of in favor of this guy, Jordan <laughs> Bennington, who continues to get worse every year, gets a little bit worse. Uh, other modern Avalanche villains. I, I hate to drag up bad memories, but. Villain or just a crazy moment for Joel Kiviranta? Yeah, I mean, I I just like it's a painful moment in Avalanche history, but I don't know that I would consider him a villain. He's almost too irrelevant to be a villain. And like the we we didn't have any dreams of that team continuing to win a Stanley Cup because of how hurt they were. Sure. And so it just kind of felt like it was kind of like this last season's team where you were just like, this sucks, this hurts. It it sucks that it ends this way, but it's fine. Yeah, I'd echo that. Okay, I had to throw it out there because if if we're going over modern ones, we have Pavelski as like a skill villain. We have Bennington as whatever he is. <laughs> you have Colasar maybe as like a footnote type footnote guy too. The Avs, I don't know that they really have a main true villain in this era. I, you know, I some people might say so. Tyler Bertuzzi, given the whole Matt Calvert thing. No, I mean, not really. But, they just don't play him often enough. Yeah. It's too it's too separated. I would say Pete DeBoer is that, an ass that, villain. That's fair. As Certainly a, a Bednar villain. Yeah. And <laughs> love this idea. It's a story that's still being written, depending on what kind of a problem Dallas wants to pose for Colorado <laughs> in the central moving forward. Wants to pose. <laughs> I love that. So... That's why I'm throwing my hat in Pete DeBoer, Avs villain. I'm here for it. I think this is a, that's yeah. a great call. Honestly, I love that. Yep. Because until until the Avs do it, they you know, beating Pete DeBoer, he gets to stand atop the that mountain and look down on Colorado. See the Stanley Cup down there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know what it, he wouldn't be able to recognize it. He doesn't know what it looks like. He's never seen one. He's he's seen it get awarded to the other team a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Punk ass. All right. So Pete DeBoer, the modern avalanche villain. That's yeah, the conclusion we're coming to. <laughs> Not where I thought we'd end up with that conversation, but honestly might be the best answer. Yeah. I mean, they just don't have like you look at you look at the nuggets and what Jokic has with Joel Embiid. Yes. Yeah. If Joel Embiid would ever come to Denver. <laughs> uh and then obviously like the Nuggets, like the, the hatred between Nuggets and Suns fans. Yeah. Really makes that kind of a fun one. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. Nuggets the, have a lot. Even well, like, like everybody hates the Lakers. The Jokic like, brothers versus Jimmy Butler. Like. Well, the, the Jokic brothers versus just the Miami Heat that year <laughs> after the Marquise Morris thing. Yeah. Um, you won't ever hear me say anything bad about the Morai twins. So 
They're they're great. Go KU. Um, I don't. I just don't. The the Avs like you know like the. It's interesting because the Avs have been. They're in a really competitive window. Like the Broncos don't have a villain because who cares? Like yeah, like everybody was beating them. You know the Kansas City's beating them fifteen times in a row. Um, the, the Raiders have beat them six the times in a row. The problem is the Broncos like, aren't competitive yeah, enough. There. Like there's yeah, there's not like a, even bad teams can can occasionally compete at a high level against each other, and yeah. and have some of that hatred if they see each other enough and the games are good and competitive. It just hasn't worked that way. And the Rockies have Dick Monfort as their villains, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like it's weird because with the Rockies, it's like it's like their whole division. You hate all of them. Yeah, like the the Dodgers and Giants, the devil. No, f them both. Yeah, but. You know, the Diamondbacks are like a fun, like kind of a regional rival. Yeah. But they're the much more successful yep. version of the expansion teams. And then, the, you know, the, the Padres are kind of like the Chargers where you're just like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Weirdly, the Colorado team kind of wins that one on a regular basis. The Padres will just never have success. <laughs> yeah. Like we are just, yeah, so what? One of the great Rocky moments of all time came at their expense. Matt Holiday definitely touched home plate. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. You can't say otherwise. Yeah, but like the Avs just don't have right now, they don't have that, you know? Like it it looked like it might be Kale McCarr against Quinn Hughes and then Quinn, Quinn Hughes, Hughes fell off a cliff. Well, yeah. Quinn, Quinn Hughes kind of stayed the same. Kale McCarr just kept getting better and better and better. You know, Adam Fox with the Rangers isn't going to be relevant enough because he's a Ranger. Yeah. You know, the the we keep trying to hope for the McKinnon McDavid thing to pop off, but I just is, I just think that the is Bedard that guy? I, well, with with guys like that, you know, like you know, McDavid's not gonna do something dirty to somebody. No, exactly. That's None of them true. are gonna. And and like, if you don't have a massive amount of respect for Leon Dreisaitl, especially after that series against yeah, the Yeah, where he gutted it out, yeah. hobbled around on one leg and still scored a bunch. You know, like the like it's just it's hard. It's it's kind of like the the Heiserman Fedorov stuff. It's hard to hate those guys. Yep. It's a hatred born out of a ton of respect. And not an actual like dislike. If they weren't in that situation, you would love watching them play. Do you think anything from the Seattle series could boil over? I feel like there were some tensions that rose there, but I don't know that it would be enough to stick. Like, who, who's the face of it, though? You know, like uh, who's the, the, if, if anything, Makar took the biggest step towards becoming right. a villain like in Seattle's that series. Villain. Yeah, exactly. In their eyes, like he's gonna go there this year. And what's weird is they play Seattle, I think, three times in the first, like, 16 games of the year. So that's all done and out of the way by the end of November. We're done with Seattle. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to go there, and he's going to get booed every time he touches the puck. And it's the funniest thing in the world. You couldn't find less of a villain on Talking planet sweetheart. Earth. Seriously, you cannot find less of a villain. Yeah. In I, the I, NHL to kill McCarr. I, and like, <laughs> like that was a guy that like, it was a weird incident. It was dumb. He got punished for it. It arguably cost the Avalanche a playoff series. Like that was a, it was an appropriate punishment for a franchise there. This was not Matt Cook in, in Minnesota, you no. know? Yeah. But Seattle fans won't feel that way. They're going to be like, man, you hurt my guy. And they're just going to be mad about it forever. And it's like, Okay. It's it's just tough, especially with a young franchise like Seattle, because you know there's going to be so much turnover in that organ, right? Yeah, they're they've lost an entire forward line yeah. from that team where their depth was a whole thing. Well, one of those lines is just gone now. Yep. So I yeah I just don't know. Look, anything could happen if the Avs play Seattle in the first round, the next three years in a row or yeah. something. Then 
it could it could build. Certainly, McCarr would become the most hated person in the Pacific Northwest. I saw it. Chad brought up Ed Belfour. I thought that was a good one. Yeah, the, the whole like low key the night late nineties Dallas team. Is... Well, certainly after what Richard Matvichuk did to Peter Forsberg and intentionally injuring him and going after him. Yep. Um, Darian Hatcher was kind of an every guy, you know, an everyone villain. Mm-hmm. But Richard Matvichuk in particular really ascended that throne with what he did against Peter Forsberg specifically. You know, we had guys, there were guys that had great playoffs here, like Scott Hannon got paid because he shut down Peter Forsberg once and, you know, was never again that guy. Yeah. And then, but, but like Richard Matvichuk was just a dirtbag all around on the ice. I have no idea if he still is, you know, <laughs> just speaking on hockey terms. Like I don't, yeah. you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. You can get yours here at the bar, eight different kinds on tap, or at your local liquor store anywhere in the 50 United States. Use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com to get yours. Uh, And make sure you're getting your shady rays when you're going out in the sun. Uh, Look, sunglasses are important here and anywhere that it snows because snow blindness is legit. Very real. It's a real thing. Don't you make sure you bring your sunglasses out just as important in the winter as in the summer. That's all I'm saying. Uh, You can get yours at shadyrays.com. Dozens of different styles, fantastic polarizations, something for everybody all the way around. We use code DNVR at checkout and get two pairs or more. You get 50% off your entire order. So get over to shadyrays.com. Over 250,000 people have given them five-star reviews. And the best part is their replacement policy. Lose them. Don't like them. Or break them, they'll replace them completely for free in the first 30 days. So jump on that, go get it checked out. We also have a super chat here from Candlejack, who says, Finally got to visit your city this past week. Thank you for all the wrecks over the years. Illegal Pete's rules. Sexy Pizza was dope. DNVR bar is rad. And Palisade Peach is indeed delicious. Much love. Thank you for coming out, Candlejack. We appreciate Does the you. DNVR tour. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, next time, uh, DM me on Twitter or something. If you're in town, I'm always down to come say hi to people that are pulling through. So we appreciate y'all. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts on villains for the avalanche historical or new? Are there any on the horizon? The Bedard one was kind of the one that I'm like, yeah, maybe. Can... I mean, it's going to be a while till Chicago's relevant. Yeah, again, I so. agree. But. Though hearing those Taylor Hall numbers, now I'm a little nervous about those games. Like I, those two guys alone might sink those games. I mean, I actually am a big. I'm for the idea that like this is Colorado's villain arc. Colorado gets to be the villains Colorado. now. Yeah, yeah. You could because well, if you look at you look around through the as Mega mentioned earlier through the eyes of other people, McKinnon is a villain. So certainly, so are the Avs. They're the big bad. Yep. You know, you have you have things that have grown to be unlikable about them. Nathan McKinnon is not the most personable superstar on earth. You know, Kale McCart is, and the city still hates him. <laughs> you know, you have you you have some guys that you know. Josh Manson is a guy that walks a certain line. You yep. know, is going to if he were ever healthy enough, he's he's going to do some things that are going to frustrate some folk. Even so, uh, you could even say the same about Landeskog. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's had Landeskog's been suspended what three times in his career. Yep, like some, he, some questionable suspensions there. The Kirby Doc hit, I think. But I yeah. thought it was nonsense. But like him cross-checking Matkachuk in the was, face was, was definitely was, was not yeah. a, you know the the blindside hit on Brad Marchand. Like yep. that that stuff was. Those are he's had those moments in his career for sure. 
So, um, you know, I, I definitely think Landeskog is on that list. Like, if you ever look at the hockey subreddit, they hate the they, abs. They hate they hate Landeskog. And they like, really like, it's Landeskog in particular. Of course, it's one of those the way that people hate Matt Kachuk. Like, yeah, yeah, f that guy. But if he was on my team, I love that guy. Yeah, for sure. And you know, he gets to be our little villain. <laughs> <laughs> our little villain. We need our villain back. Confirmed. Oh, and somebody in chat mentioned earlier. You know, they the abs need a guy with with a little bit of that edge to him and i think that's if you're looking forward at this year's team that's what miles wood and ross colton are going to do <laughs> miles wood i'm looking at you very sternly right now don't yeah. don't go ahead and go ahead and be that a-hole but do it yeah legally please not at the expense of your team if you hit 40 penalty minutes it's time to stop oh god if he hits 40 it'd be a victory <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Colton has it in his blood, too, coming from Tampa. They know how to be villains at the top of the league, for sure. I, look, I've, I'm leaning in. I think Ryan it'll be fun. Ryan Johansson knows how to take a goalie's eye out. <laughs> the, the number of people who thought that was intentional yeah. blew no, my mind. Clearly no, 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 just, no, no, I was no, just no. so shocked by that. He knew what he was doing. And I'm like, his stick went into a hole this. I'm like... Yeah, anyway. He's a lot of things, and I think he can be annoying on ice, but he he's not that guy. I didn't, who's he going to annoy more, opposing players or Jared Bednar? Because <laughs> I think that'll be the push and pull. He'll be in competition with Miles Wood to see who can <laughs> annoy him more. <coughs> it should be fun either way. Maybe maybe we'll be the villain podcast this yeah, year. Yeah, I don't know. But Chad mentions Val Nachushkin too, and I like I I was thinking different, about right? him, but it's very it's more like yeah. I think at this point. He might be more of a villain to abs yeah. fans than other fans. Yeah. To himself. Yeah, go definitely to himself because he, you know. We haven't really talked about it on this pod, but obviously the Instagram pictures over the weekend were not great. more stupid than not anything great. else. Yep. Which somebody obviously alerted him to because he took them down and replaced them with him at like a kid's camp. Aw. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So somebody gave him a phone call or a text message yeah. being like, really? <laughs> really? Bro. I have I, I, no I, doubt that if he saw it, he was like, are you serious? He immediately unfollowed. <laughs> okay. That's not true. He just takes a screenshot of him unfollowing him. Just <laughs> screen recording and just sends it to him. Blocked. Stop being stupid, Val. I had one more note before we get out. Yeah. I just no. want to say hearts out to Donskoy. Um, yeah, yeah. Don Square yeah. retired with all the concussion problems. Yeah. Maybe that's bummer. the real villain of the Avalanche's injuries. Concussions. Yeah. <laughs> Just injuries in general. Yes. Yeah, hearing about, and, and uh, I was talking to Z about it yesterday, though, the, how fast it was. Yep. Because he had two career years in Colorado and then goes in the expansion draft, has the weirdest, like, two-goal two season, yeah. and then gets a concussion. And doesn't and he's play. Done. Yeah. He's done. He went from, this is the best I've ever been at an NHL or to completely done within two years. It's and like man. we see that we see stuff like that a lot for guys in their 30s, but not usually at 30. And uh, obviously the concussions played the primary role in that. But it was, yeah, it was really disappointing. But, you know, he and his family get to go hang out in Finland now and just be rich and marry all the time. <laughs> Happiest country in the world. Is it Finland or Sweden? Finland. Is it wow. really? It's all, Are they it, jockeying for position? Because that would feel appropriate. So, 
I, this is just a random fact that I happened to learn the other day. They're the happiest country in the world, but they also rank in like the top 40 of people unaliving themselves. I was what? worried about the lack of sunlight yeah. and seasonal affective Interesting. disorder. Interesting. So, you know, if you have only happy people left, if all the depressed people aren't there anymore. Ah. All right, that's dark. <laughs> wow. Anyway. I'm so sorry we put you in this position. <laughs> I, I put I myself in that position. Yeah, it's I fine. Don't know. We demand the fact. <laughs> yeah. Just the thing I learned the other day. That's all. That's all I got. Kudos oh, DNVR's abs villain. <laughs> uh, just to turn it to a lighter note, where do you guys get all your hockey numbers? That was in the chat oh, earlier. I pulled up the Biddington numbers. You can just pull up hockey reference, search for a player, and then go to career splits. Yep. I use them a ton. That's how I know how often a guy scores per month, is you can just look at it. It's all on one page. Between hockey reference, natural stat trick, and NHL.com. You can get just about everything you need. I'd throw quant hockey in there as well. But yeah, if I'm specifically looking for nationality stuff, yeah, quant, quant hockey is where I go. go yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're gonna get out of here before I become even more of a villain. So yeah. <laughs> we appreciate all y'all hanging out with us today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. The rest of the week, uh, we are talking top 25 athletes in Colorado history, including on Wednesday. We will be revealing our top 15 abs list. So be sure to tune in for that Wednesday. It should mm -hmm. be fun. Y'all will yell at us for doing it in the wrong order. And then we will be like, yeah, we probably screwed it up. Anybody, anybody that listens to last week's shows knows guys who didn't make the list. Yep. So exactly right. So yeah. love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> End it there. We'll see you.